led by and for women and people of color in New Mexico, Bold Futures builds communities where people have what we need to make real decisions about our bodies and lives. Through Culture Shift, we create art, messages, and media to shape narratives that matter, including this podcast, Heart of New Mexico. This is the second episode of a limited five-part series called Bienvenidos All, exploring religious refusals and the impact of these refusals on New Mexicans and their families. I'm your host, Kat Sanchez. While in New Mexico, we do have some protections in the Human Rights Act, in some cases, refusing to provide care or services to others based on religious beliefs is legal here and across the country. These so-called religious refusals are discrimination, and the current presidential administration has rolled back protections for LGBTQ individuals in health care and also for those seeking abortion care. We began the series with Southern New Mexico LGBTQ advocate J.T. Perez. We followed J.T.'s conversation with Southern New Mexico couple India Hernandez and Nicole Martinez. India is a school teacher, and Nicole leads a nonprofit dedicated to helping Doñana County's homeless community. Together, they are raising an ever curious and energetic five year old. India and Nicole let me into their home for this conversation to share their lives and experiences with religious refusals as individuals and parents. Was religious refusal something that you were aware of? I hadn't heard that term before. I mean, I know people have been turned away, I guess, yeah, because of religion and things that I've heard on a national scale. And then I've also heard people being turned away because of um, not their own religious beliefs. Like, so for me, when I think about it, I think about um, like a business owner or agency that has a certain value and religious belief and they turn others away that um, don't necessarily follow those. Uh, beliefs. Uh, I think that's what I had always thought about, but I, I don't know. I guess I hadn't really thought about it uh, so close to home before. Um, for me, I, it's still relatively new for me too. I hadn't heard about it until the last few years, um, and before I had heard the actual term religious refusals. I mostly thought of <clears throat> people just being discriminated against and judged based on other people's beliefs, mainly. And what comes to mind when, whether it was the term religious beliefs or the actual discrimination that happens because of it, or the turning away of services or, or of people because of it, what comes to mind? In this context, you know, I've mostly been thinking about it in terms of LGBTQ people being turned away from agencies or, or businesses that are religious, so refusing to serve them. Uh, but obviously it happens to all different kinds of populations. Um, but mostly right now I've been just reflecting on the LGBTQ population. Uh, what first comes to mind for me is that it's ridiculous because I'm atheist and I don't think that they have really they as in people who refuse based on religious beliefs, um, that they don't really have the grounds to decide who gets what and who gets treated a certain way. I think everybody just deserves respect unless you're being horrible or hurting people. So 
Were you raised as an atheist? No, I was raised Catholic, went to church on Sundays. All of us went, except my dad. <laughs> and then after a certain point, my brothers stopped going. And then eventually, I, I, in college is when I um, stopped going to church and realized that I didn't really believe. And you know, after years of thinking about it and questioning, finally came out as an atheist. Um, so based, uh, I mean, uh, raised as a Catholic is even, it's kind of more shameful or more embarrassing because, you know, I know that lifestyle and those people are my people and my hometown and um, to know that some of them, you know, are discriminating against people like me, it's awful. And for context, uh, Nicole, were, were you raised with a religious background? I was, I was raised, raised LDS. Latter-day Saints, Mormons. Uh, so yes, I was definitely raised in a religious household. I received my undergrad from a religious institution. Um, and so that has been a huge part of my identity for the first part of my life. And there's still a lot of my family that uh, is LDS and some friends as well. Um, and along some of those same lines, you know, India was expressing um, I think um, y that, yeah, you like just feel like this anger or, um, and also for me, embarrassment, you know, when I sometimes tell people <laughs> when I come out as, you know, being formerly Mormon, um, people look at me so differently, like, oh my God, like, how could you have lived like that? And they're so discriminatory. I think they're really well known. Um, for some of their discriminatory practices uh, in recent history. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of that is still just sort of on the surface, um, refusing African-Americans to join the LDS church, um, still not allowing people who are actively gay to be members of the church. And one that really hit home recently was uh, a few years ago came out that um, if gay parents had a child uh, the child had to reject their parents in order to be members of the church. And that was um, just amazing to me um, that that was the line of thinking so late in this game. Um, I mean, I, it's not that I'm oblivious to discrimination and things like that, but I just felt like, you know, things were changing in the nation. Uh, and I was hopeful that the church would follow as it has, you know, sort of slowly, but still started to follow some of those trends and take back some of the discriminatory practices that they had. Um, but to hear that, you know, because we have a, a daughter and we had a new daughter at that time, um, it was just something that uh, just seemed so perverse and hurtful. And I can understand why other people, you know, would question, you know, how, how could I have been part of something like that? But, you know, when you're young and you're raised that way, that's it's just part of who you are until you're able to question it yourself. And you had mentioned that both of you have a child together. Um, in the past few years, there was a case uh, in Albuquerque where there was uh, a couple who took their child to a martial arts studio, and they were not allowed to, to have their child there because of, because of the couple being a same-sex couple. As parents of a child, how does that make you feel? Angry, and it's hurtful. We had something like that happen here 
where we were, I was pregnant, and we were looking for daycare. And we, we had heard really great things about uh, Baptist Church daycare, and not that we were necessarily sold on it, we were just going around to a lot of them, and they were like, you know, they're really great, and they seem really open. And then uh, very shortly after we went there and interviewed with them, the Baptist Church came out like, a, with, like within like a month or two, saying that they would not, if they were going to move and not accept like certain funding because they did not want to have to uh, accept homosexual people like in their daycare or as staff or anything like that. And we were just so basically saying like if we had really wanted to have our child go to this daycare, they would have refused us based on their Baptist beliefs. I didn't know and I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, and we had some friends, they were at, at that church and were also going to that church and they, they left, but there's still a lot of people that really supported that saying like, yes, based on having to accept homosexuals into their church made them turn away funding so that they could discriminate in that particular fashion for that reason only. And, and India, um, we've heard from Nicole about how it made her feel hearing about that story uh, in Albuquerque. And Nicole did tell us about kind of shopping around, uh, trying to find daycare for your child. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel that that still happens? Um, angry, like Nicole said, but also sad. You know, just it's just so sad that we as adults, as productive members of society, um, can still feel really small for no good reason. If we were doing bad things or making other people feel that way, then you know maybe it would make sense. But because we're not doing those things and we're just regular people trying to be cool, and yet there are still people who have that um, authority, I guess, to turn us away, like the daycare people, I guess you could say. Separate questions, because one, Nicole, you weren't raised here, but India, you were, but you've been around long enough. Um, so first, India, having been raised here, is that, is, is, is refusing someone based on a religious belief, is that, do you believe in a New Mexican value? No, definitely not. I think this is a place, a state, a, a part of the state especially, where people do accept you, um, especially with the whole language thing. There's a lot of, there are a lot of people here who speak Spanish dominantly, predominantly Spanish, and a lot of people who don't, but still try to communicate or are learning Spanish. Um, and so I don't think discrimination is in our blood here for any reason. There are a lot of people here in this area who are super into their faith but that still are, are respectful of everybody no matter what, so. And Nicole, even though you're not originally from New Mexico, you've been here enough years to, to be adop an adopted daughter of, of New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that, that um, discrimination based on religious beliefs is a New Mexico value from, what you, from as much as you've uh, lived here and, and have seen uh, our culture? I think that there's a lot of common ground that can be seen here. I think you know, people in New Mexico get discriminated against in general a lot for their culture and their language, um, you know, being Hispanic. Um, and I think people that have, you know, that are LGBTQ and, and maybe from other places, 
um, should have that, you know, sort of that common thread so that you would hope that people would be more inclusive. Like we don't want to treat other people like that and we don't want to be like that. And I can tell you that coming here from Utah, um, I felt much more comfortable uh, coming out. Um, and this is really where I did do that. Um, the, the largest part of, of my coming out story happened here and I felt like it was um, in general very accepted. Um, could you have seen yourself raising a, a child with, with your spouse in Utah in comparison to New Mexico? At the end, when I was living there, I did meet people that were doing that. Um, but it was, I think, tough. You know, it was a much smaller community. Um, and here I feel like uh, we have a, a much bigger, much accepting, much more accepting community than I would have had in Utah. And I feel like I would be much more comfortable, you know, going to the store and going out, doing things like that, going to celebrations um, and feeling accepted by the people of New Mexico than I might in, in a state like Utah that's very, very religious. Would it be fair to say um, that your experience with, with the daycare at the Baptist Church is not indicative of other parts of southern New Mexico or New Mexico in general? Um, I no, I you know attribute that more to that particular institution. I don't even know that all Baptist church churches are like that. We joke that like we broke this particular church, like we were that <laughs> straw, like, we and they were like, "Up, oh, closing up shop," because it was immediately after we left. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that's indicative of Las Cruces. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's in pockets everywhere. Of course, it is. We know that. Um, we know we have to be protective, but we also want to change things. For someone who has used their religion in this way, what would you say to them? What, what message would you want to convey to them about what they're doing, how they're making other people feel? Do you want the censored version? Yeah. Or is <laughs> yeah. say these nice words? No, just um, say what you feel. Again, I just, I don't, <laughs> it's hard for me to take them seriously on a certain level because I am atheist and that right there for me is is where it ends. The conversation never starts because I guess maybe I'm hard-headed or I'm too stubborn to hear their side, but um, I just kind of, on, on one hand I don't take them seriously, but on the other hand if, I, if it's affecting me or my family or my life, then that's I guess where you'd have to just say, I disagree, you're being unfair, this is ridiculous, and if I have any authority in the situation, then I would, of course, use it and try to change it. Um, so I definitely would let them know that I think it's ridiculous. It can be tough to rationalize with somebody who is religious. I can say even, you know, even in the Mormon religion, I have, I have one family member, I'm, there are eight of us that are siblings, and I have one family member that has cut me out uh, of his life because he's still LDS and so we don't communicate um, he I moved here because he lived here um, that was really that was tough um, and we tried like having conversations about it and you know when somebody's faith is so strong that's really hard to change and you know there's something about the old adage that you know that you just have to lead by example and go forward and so I feel like Sometimes I do get really angry, you know, and off the cuff will maybe say some things, but for the most part, like I think 
trying to just let people know that I'm happy with the life that I'm living and I think that I'm living a good life and I think I'm a decent person and I think that those are the things that I should be judged on those merits and that that's what matters to me. Um, and, and sort of leave it at that and let them you know go their way. And I know that a lot of people would say like, no, you have to change their mind, you have to protest, and you have to do those things. But there are different ways that we can do that, you know, by our vote and by our voice and, and by our example. And I feel like that those are the most uh, reasonable ways that have helped me to not, I guess, be so angry all the time about it. In the work environment where I have been at and seeing religious refusals, um, one of the things that happened recently is I was invited to apply for a grant that was a, a Catholic, uh, Catholic grant. And in that grant, the wording specifically said that I, I had to contractually agree that I would not promote gay marriage. And it's not that at my work I'm going around promoting gay marriage. In fact, again, you know, as a safety measure, not, not just against people who are supporting Community of Hope, but I've had clients, you know, call me derogatory names for being gay. Um, so it's something that I try to like protect as much as I can. Um, I, I ended up uh, ultimately, you know, I really had to think on that, you know, and think like, okay, is this funding funding that we want for the agency? Is this bigger than who I am? I, I understand that, and I have to question that every time, you know, when it has something that is in direct contest, contrast to my personal belief. Um, ultimately, we did not accept that grant, not based on that, but it was one of the many factors that I thought about and thought about how that would affect the people that we were serving, knowing how people uh, in that population have felt. You know, I have served uh, veterans where I've seen their actual DD-214, which is their discharge papers from the military, mm. that have said dishonorably discharged, and the, re the reason for separations is homosexual conduct. And I just blown away and like that person is now coming to help their homeless it's ruined their lives it's ruined their benefits through their opportunities um, and those are the times when I'm so angry and you know want to really shout at the VA but again like I know that there are other ways that I can fight back against that and help get those things changed and find different avenues um, and I think that those challenges are so worth it and uh, and so that's why I'm also glad that we had an opportunity to talk about this. I rest my case. <laughs> no closing arguments. I want to thank you both so much for um, not just agreeing, but really opening up about some aspects because it can be hard. It can be hard. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Many thanks to India and Nicole for opening their home and their lives for this second conversation about religious refusals. If you missed the first episode and want to listen to future episodes of Heart of New Mexico and the limited series Bienvenidos All, find us and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We're also online at boldfuturesnm.org backslash heart of New Mexico. Also, you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, share the love. Rate the podcast and share it with friends. We'd definitely appreciate it. Thanks.